Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Ayelette Barron. She is an author, coach, and speaker who is creating a new way forward for business and offering a bridge to 21st century leadership. Her recent book, Our Journey to Corporate Sanity, is not just another business book. It brings together 33 visionary leaders whose transformational stories can help us recognize we're in the human-to-human era where purpose and experiences matter more than mere transactions. So welcome, Ayelette. Thank you, Linda. I'm happy to be here. So I think this is so important, especially with what's going on in the world today. We have so many things that seem to be in flux. But what do you see as the key shifts that are happening today when it comes to business? I think uh, it's a really exciting time to be alive. You know, business is the most powerful force organizing humanity right now because so many of us identify with what we do for a living. And I think we're in a massive crisis to really bring purpose and profit to a new level when it comes to business. And the opportunities are to reshape our organizations and our thinking. Um, If you look at the recent uh, studies of trust, what you'll see is that we're at a a very, very low point in trust globally. And people are looking for business more than any other institution out there to bring back common sense, to bring back societal values, to connect us in new ways. And many of us are asking new questions about business, you know, whether we are a consumer um, or an employee or or a partner, whatever we do in the world, we're asking some new questions. And I think that companies are going to be in a very different place over the next 10 years in how they attract and retain employees, how they work with customers and have new conversations. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there where we need to stop shifting the decks on a sinking ship. (laughs) What we keep doing is moving the chairs around and doing another reorg and another reorg. And that's not addressing the opportunities we have to get a new mindset for the 21st century. You know, it's interesting because you say that that business has the opportunity to bring back that sense of trust. There was a time when business people were the least trust people around. And now we seem to be doing better as business people than a lot of other institutions, such as government and, and other places. But um, as we move forward into the 21st century, I think you're right, we need to do something that's breakthrough and transformational. What do you see as being very different in terms of, like, currencies in the 21st century? What are we dealing in that's different than we did in the past? Well, I think, I think you just hit on a lot of it, which is, you know, trust is broken at a very foundational, fundamental way. Um, you know, people aren't trusting um, organizations. Um, a recent study showed that we trust, employees trust consumer advocates more than they trust CEOs, which I found really surprised, especially around financial information and industry trends. I mean, when I was a, a global corporate tech executive in the Valley, I mean, we would, we would wait to hear what's coming out from, from the CEO and from the senior leadership. And the data now shows that people are trusting more their peers, and they're looking for things that are more spontaneous, more real, more authentic um, versus the canned stuff. So there's a lot of shifts that are happening 
And, you know, I was just, I was just on a call with someone who who's, who's, uh, does a lot of work in, around social media. And I said to him, you know, when social media came out and I started um, talking about it, people would say, come, let's do a social media strategy. And I would say, well, what's your, what's your telephone strategy? Did you ever have a telephone strategy? Because let's talk about what the purpose of what you're, what you're trying to get out into the world. You know, what is it that you do? Why is it important to people? Why should people trust you? Why should you trust other people? Let's talk about that. And then let's talk about the tools that make it happen. And so I think that the more people understand that, you know, it's not just about having a Facebook page or, or a Twitter it's what are the deep relationships that you want to build? And you, you, there's this ancient technology that's going to be making a comeback. And we've lost touch with it. It's called the two-way conversation or dialogue. And that's why I think we're seeing so much about empathy and trust and authenticity is because we just keep like going from meeting to meeting to meeting and we forgot what the purpose of what we're doing and what we're creating in the world. So the top three currencies, in my opinion, for the 21st century are trust, relationships, and community. They're, 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 and not just a network for network's sake, but a deep community where you, you have that trust and those deep relationships to form unlikely partnerships and to do really meaningful and amazing things in the world. And I absolutely agree with you. In my book, Marketing Above the Noise, I talk about content, conversations, and communities. And I think the content needs to be where you build the trust and then the conversation, the relationships. And the thing about a conversation is you're right, it's a dialogue. It's back and forth. It's not me talking to you or at you, but we have this conversation back and forth. And then we build a community, which is not a Facebook community or a, or a Twitter community. It's a real sense of community. So I, I love what you're saying here, and I absolutely agree. If we don't we don't know where we're going, then trying to figure out you know which um, you know which Twitter feed to put on or you know which Facebook ad to put up or whatever isn't relevant if if your audience isn't there and you're not in the right place. So how does the work that you're doing address this problem, which I think is so fundamental and and really needs uh, attention in this day and age? So it's it's really connected to my own personal story and my evolution of you know of of how I've really been transitioning through through my career, and you know in the days when people didn't know what change management was, I was certified in it, and I worked with um, some of the people that started the change management movement, and change management started really as a reaction to big technology deployments. So somebody had an ERP system or they had to bring something in technology that then connected people to have to work together. So all of a sudden, this technology forced finance to work with HR and with sales and marketing and so on. And people didn't know, how can we make these changes happen to get more collaboration and people working together around the same purpose? But somehow along the way with change management, everything has become like a change initiative. And employees are really tired of hearing about the flavor of the month. And they feel that, you know, this really isn't integrated into how they work and, and the rest of their days. And so I've, I've, I'm actually coming out with a, with a new methodology that comes out of my book um, that looks at an integrated business leadership framework where we really look at how do we as humans change behavior. And from an organizational perspective, how we move from a problem to an opportunity through all these steps that we need to take until we have holistic integration. One of the things that we're not really good at 
um, in business and actually in our lives as, as, as human beings is that integration piece. You know, I mean, I personally have gone to, I can't even tell you how many global sales events and, you know, we, you know, if you're in the sales organization, you go and you're there with like, depending on your size, but, you know, 10, 30, 50,000 people. And, you know, you, you get told, wow, that was an amazing year. You hit the numbers or God, no, that was a crappy year. You didn't hit your numbers. And then like, it's like, well, now you got 15% more to grow next year. And everybody's <laughs> like cheering because you're in this, you know, you're in this, you're in Las Vegas or wherever you are, you're in Spain, wherever, um, you're on an island somewhere and you're like, yeah, 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 let's go. And then you get back to the office and you look at your quota and you're going, wait a second. <laughs> wow, I had, I had an amazing year last year and now I need to grow 15%. How am I going to do that? And the question is, is how do, we, how do we transition this is in a holistic way? We need to really think from a business perspective how we make our organizations whole, how we integrate and how we look at how we co-create in new ways because we, because of the internet and because of technology, there's so many things that we could do. But what we continuously do is we, we lead with structure and systems and technology. And that's important, but when we start uh, leading with purpose, when we start leading with clarity of what we're doing, what are the key opportunities for the companies or what are the biggest problems that we need to address, and then we bring the right people around that and take them through that journey. It's amazing what happens. And, you know, I've had the ability to work with many different organizations to really look at how do we shift the mindset? How do we get people to truly innovate? And truly innovate means that you got to fail, right? I mean, part of mm -hmm. the myth that we have in business today is that we have to build these happy and optimistic workplaces, which is wonderful. But as human beings, we have a range of emotions. We have sadness, we have failure, we fall down, we get up, and we don't kind of integrate it into our, our business infrastructure, that humanity piece around people. I mean, to right. me, what's fascinating is that in 2017, furniture is an asset on your financial spreadsheet, and people are still a liability. Oh, interesting. And my work, yeah, my work is how do we bring people back into business. I love it. Because all that furniture doesn't do a darn thing for you if you don't have the right people. You have to to deliver and to be there and to um, to really grow your organization and grow the people as you do that. So, Isla, what do you think is your is how how do we thrive in this new environment in the 21st century? We're sitting here a couple of months after the big presidential election and there seems to be this huge divide of People are angry. People are upset. No matter which side you are on, you're either upset at the other side or you're upset about what's happening in the government. I don't hear a lot about thriving. I hear a lot of, of resisting. So how do we thrive in this new environment? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, for me personally, again, I, I took this trip I never thought I would take to the Amazon rainforest, and it really changed my life in many ways. One, because you know, I thought I was going to uh, take a different kind of trip, and there I was, you know, getting on this little plane to fly into the into the rainforest. And I decided that if I was going to take this trip, that I would leave my fear, my worries, my doubts behind. Um, and it's and and I mean the the irrational fears because mm -hmm. you still needed to fear. I mean, I was very aware not to touch a snake. I you know I walked with my hands in my pockets because you don't want to touch a tree because you don't know what's on it. Right. But the rational fears, 
you know, and I think that that understanding the difference between the two and really getting yourself grounded in reality, which is part of the framework um, that I'm bringing forward right now, is, you know, have the conscious awareness of what is it that you're trying to do and how do you transform the problems into opportunities. What we're seeing right now is we don't really truly have um, the, the real social networks where we can connect with people deeply in conversations. What we're seeing today is, you know, is just these debates and people throwing mud at each other. And mm-hmm. it's part of a reflection of what I learned in the jungle, which is, you know, in, in our Western culture, there's, there's been so much separation and division into camps and people wanting to be right. If you think about the architecture of our society today, it's very much a win-lose um, ratio, right? Who's got the most followers? Who's got the most likes? Who's on right. the list? Who's getting the most attention? What if we shifted our mindset? What if we were consciously aware and then we were grounding in reality and we said, okay, what's the mindset shift that we need? That's the biggest shift we need for the 21st century. It's not another initiative. It's not another cool technology. It's none of that. It's a mindset shift. And the mindset shift is how do we listen and have empathy and understand each other and not just complain. I mean, I was, I was, uh, I was driving with a friend a couple of weeks ago, and she, she turned to me in this voice, and, uh, which was heartbreaking, and she said, this is so crazy what's going on right now. She said, Ayelet, I know you can see the future and, and, you know, and a way out, but she said, I don't know what to do. And I think that's the point of being consciously aware of, you know, just posting another message or getting into a fight that you're right or wrong isn't the point. The point is, what do you want to go and do and how do you align your words with your actions? Because it's easy to criticize, it's easy to throw mud, but how do we lift each other up when the whole scenario is about taking each other down? And how do we really, really see consciously the opportunity we have today with the systems breaking down and our opportunity to create something new. And, and you probably, you write about this, Linda, all the time, and I know, mm-hmm. I know you know this, but, you know, if you look externally, the, we have more voice and more power as a consumer. I, remember when the, when the Internet started and, you know, brands were like, we're not going to be out there, and then people right. started having conversations about them, right? <laughs> and then they were like, oh, we, we need to get out there. <laughs> yep. And the consumer has a lot more, you know, you go to a hotel and you write a review and, you know, we trust strangers now with where we eat, where we sleep, what we drink. I mean, all these things, we don't know what they like and what they don't like, but we started trusting them. But somehow when it comes to work and business, we wait for the annual performance review to give our feedback. We want to get that raise. We want to get that. And if you look at the trust uh, data that's coming out, consumer advocates have more of a voice and more power than some CEOs. And so when, when people who, who work start thinking about what are the decisions that companies are making? What are they feeding my kids? You know, is this food poison? <laughs> um, am I gonna continue to have a relationship with this company? What are the thoughts that are going into my mind? Is that poisonous? Who are the people that are going into my heart? So when we start becoming more conscious about the decisions that we make, and the fact that business is simple. Business is a, an exchange. You have something I need, and I get it from you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that simple. But how we do it and how we thrive 
and how we go out to say, well, this system isn't working, let's stop putting Band-Aids on it and start really looking deeply about what we can do. Because I could tell you, my friend's voice is haunting me. And that's why the, I do the work that I do, because I really, really want to go into organizations and, and people and help kind of see what's possible and what the opportunity is ahead of us, rather than being in this depression. Because I could tell you in the rainforest, I did not see obesity. I did not see ADHD. I did not see suicide. I did not see depression or loneliness. All I saw were people living. Mm. So any final words of advice for us? Any thoughts about if, if someone says to you, what do we do? Where do we start to have this conscious awareness? What can we do? I think it's about, you know, we've been trained to trust everyone else except for ourselves. And, you know, when you start thinking about who do you trust and who trusts you and what fosters that trust, you have to go into a journey where you start asking yourself, what is that trust in myself? Do I trust myself? And listen to, you know, we have all these voices talking to us every day <laughs> telling us, you know, we're not good enough. You know, and I talk about the, in the book about that, you know, what, what, what are the things that we need to unlearn? What do we need to, to let go of? to make the space to be able to create because all that is bogging us down. Right. So I have a ton of, I have a ton of hope for the world. You know, I have a ton of hope for humanity when we get to see ourselves and see each other and really engage in that dialogue. And that dialogue has to start with ourselves, asking ourselves, what can I do? And who, who are my unlikely partners that I can go do that in the world? And I got to tell you, I mean, that's what I did. I'm not telling anybody to do something that I hadn't done by writing this book. I am following the teachings of it right now. I mean, I just sold my house in San Francisco. I've moved to um, really live my purpose. And is it easy? No. But I want to go out and create it, and I want to help open hearts and minds around the world about what's possible and for each of us to understand what our story is and then what our collective story is as well. That's wonderful. And I think it's very powerful. So glad that you're doing this. And, uh, and letting us share part of this journey through your book and, and through talking with you. If people want to learn more about what you're doing, where could they find more information? Sure. Um, the, the, the most important thing with me, as, as you know, is, is how to spell my name. <laughs> yep. And <laughs> how to pronounce it is secondary, but with the web you need to know how to, how to spell it. So you can go to my website at ielletbaron.com. I'll spell it for you. It's A-Y-E-L-E-T. B-A-R-O-N dot com. And uh, I'm also on Twitter at I-L-E-B-A-Y-E-L-E-T-B. And if you just Google I-L-E Baron, you could find me um, almost anywhere. You know, I, I started um, doing online work very early on in my life. And I actually experienced social networks that were truly social that connected me globally with people. And I really hope that sometime in the future somebody reinvents them because they're sorely needed. <laughs> Absolutely. So I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we've been talking here with Ayelette Barron, and again, she's the author of Our Journey to Corporate Sanity. And thank you, Ayelette, for being with us today. Thank you so much, and thank you for the great work that you're doing in the world, Linda. Thank you. This is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership. Brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, 
Contact us at www.leverage2market.com.